When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast, episode 123 of the College Loop Podcast. I am Dylan Lark at your bullet tank on Twitter slash X, and I'm here joined today with Mr. Daniel Locke. Daniel, how you doing, buddy? Uh, Dylan, I'm doing pretty good. Um... You know, was I was at tip off today, my SEC men's basketball media days. Um, heading back tomorrow for the women's edition. So, a little tired, but you know, just ready to get into it and um, talk some Auburn sports. Yeah, and I know how excited we all are to talk about some Auburn football because this week is this is probably been the heaviest quarterback discussion I've seen amongst the Auburn fans since the preseason. Uh, I don't. I and I think it's reached its peak after uh, Thorne went in against LSU against the de- a defense that ranked a hundred and fourteen in the country against the pass, and Peyton Thorne went out there and threw for a hundred and two yards. Yeah, uh, yeah. And just overall, it's just everyone has been at each other's throats so much so that people are trying to call the Auburn fan base just toxic in general, which every fan base is going to be toxic to a certain extent. I mean, if you look across the state, they were toxic about uh, Milrow, Buckner, and uh, Ty Simpson. Uh, the other side of the other state next to us, uh, they were upset about who was going to start between Carson and Beck and uh, Brock Vandegrift. It's it's just something that happens everywhere, and I, I think it just I don't think it got out of hand. I just think people kind of got upset because you had you had the people who were like pro Robbie, kind of saying like me that he can't be worse than what Peyton Thorne is, and you have the guys who are still on the Peyton Thorne side saying, "Shut up, you just don't like Peyton Thorne because you like Robbie so much, so just just keep it like it's got it." And then you have like the minority of people who were just. Give Holton Garner a shot, which I always found that a weird argument to make, uh, just kind of throwing him out there. Yeah, I mean, just the, the way I see it, if they were to try out Holden Garner, there's just no way that that yields a good result right now. Um, I, I was pretty strongly um, in favor of Thorne in the beginning, mainly because of what he did at Michigan State, uh, particularly in 2021. Um I've switched sides kind of. Uh, I would prefer to see Robbie at this point because um, just Robbie's got the more advanced skill set. Robbie can extend plays better. And like you said, I, I don't think he can be any worse. Yeah, and I mean, I, I've been the most open, uh, and I, I think you can also agree with this. I've been the most open about who I want at quarterback. Mm-hmm. I've probably been the most open Auburn fan about who I've wanted at quarterback for the longest time. And I only wavered once. That's when I thought Grayson McCall was going to transfer to Auburn. And then as soon as that didn't happen, back on the Robbie train, and then I was voted 
president of the Robbie Ashford fan club. And again, if anybody wants to join, all you have to do, if you hated on Robbie Ashford before, just a lengthy apology saying that I was right, you're wrong, and then you can be admitted to the club as well and help us get a quarterback who can move with the ball down the field. But, Daniel, I'm going to ask you this question. Who okay. out of these three or out of these two gives Auburn the best chance to get the upset over Ole Miss on Saturday? Honestly, I think it's Robbie Ashford. Um, with Peyton Thorne, there's just enough film on – the many things that will just make him crumble out there now. Um, With Robbie Ashford, there's not really nearly as much film from this season. Um, So, yeah, I I think you get Robbie in there. Uh, I think you can run a lot of, like, some option, like RPO, um, some play action kind of stuff, and just kind of see what happens. Yeah. and then the unlikely event that it is somehow worse than what Peyton Thorne's been doing, I guess you can go back, but I just don't see that happening. Yeah, and you bring up the bring up the RPOs. That's an offense that we have continuously heard Hugh Freeze say that him and Phil Montgomery both want to run more and more every single week. If the offense isn't working, so we have more enough RPOs. If the offense is working, so we ran the right amount of RPOs. And three games in a row, it has been we didn't run the RPO enough. We didn't run the RPO enough. And then he said we didn't run the RPA RPO well enough. And I think I think he free said, I, I believe it was we ran the RPO well until they started guarding the boundary. Mm-hmm. That's what he said in, in the presser. Which in that point, shouldn't the whole thing about the RPO being if they start defending one side of of the of the option, you choose the other option. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, that's what that's what the O means in uh, in an RPO. It means the option, <laughs> uh, and that just makes no sense to me. From a, a guy that has been praised for his veteran presence and how much of a captain, and I think they messed up. I, I think it's one of the flaws that Hugh Freeze did was giving, and I, I respect the fact that Peyton Thorne came into. Came to Auburn and immediately started trying to know everybody and and trying to get in touch with the team and kind of try to do stuff off season and and he I, I guess in the off season he earned that C on his chest, but he, I think it was one of the biggest flaws of the off season for Hugh Freeze. At, now the hindsight's twenty twenty. I don't think he, I don't think he should have got that captain on on his chest if if we knew this was going to happen. And now it's kind of hard to bench a guy who you have as a team captain because now you feel a sense of. I don't want to say pride about it, but it kind of is about the fact that you gave a guy who just transferred in this letter and now he has not played up to what you expect. You have players who are tweeting out that they want Robbie to play. uh, And that's me assuming what that one tweet meant. Uh, And I mean, it was a statement said uh, a very short number statement, but a statement nonetheless. I just think that that's where he messed up, and I don't. And I know people were saying all this other stuff that, like, assuming that someone's like has dirt or something, like something's going on behind the scenes that we just don't know about. I think that's a load of BS. Uh, I just think that I, I, I think whenever you give someone that high of a of a status on the team, it's kind of hard to make to get them take a step back from where they are on the team. Like, I don't think 
I don't think we're going to see Elijah McAllister take a couple steps back on the team, even though Jalen McLeod is, is back healthy or in the process of getting healthier because he has that C on his chest. I, I think that's where Hugh Freeze really messed up. And now he has to sit and think about the fact that, can I bench this guy that I made a team captain for a guy who has proven that he can move my offense better than Peyton Thorne can in Robbie Ashford. And I just don't understand if, if you, I understand he is, Hugh Freeze is here to rebuild Auburn. That is exactly what he was hired here to do. He is here to bring Auburn back to the top of the SEC and of the sport like Auburn has been in the past. And Auburn, again, is a top 15 program all time and should and should be playing, should be a national championship contender at least every year. At the bare minimum, missing like one year where they're not. But every year, Auburn should be in the conversation to be a contender in the national realm. And that's where Hugh Freeze wants to take this team. But I think in the process of doing a rebuild, you kind of forget the fact that it doesn't hurt to lose. It doesn't hurt to win some in your first year. Like I've been a big component of, I don't like whenever teams have first year success at times, because that usually does more harm to your program than it helps because some coaches do have that great first year and then they just fall off tremendously. I mean, look at Sam Pittman at Arkansas. Uh, Shane Beamer has been overachieving at South Carolina. Now people are kind of uh, faulting on him. And then you have, uh, TCU last year uh, and then they fall off and now you have fans who are expecting more and more after they had that first taste of success and now you're sitting here like can I bench my guy for a guy who can possibly win more games because like I everyone I asked this question to you because people are gonna people probably won't know your answer Daniel but whenever this question gets asked to me people already know who I'm going to say is going to give Auburn the better chance to win this probably Ashford strictly because we saw we didn't get to LSU Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and going back to the captain thing, like the players do vote on that. So um, Peyton Thorne just really earned the trust of the players, like his teammates. And I feel like in a way, this is when you really show it. Um, if you do end up getting benched and you still have the same like, positive like uh, attitude, like trying to uplift everyone, then, yeah, I, I feel like you really do deserve to be a team captain at that point. Um. But, yeah, I agree with what you said. It is still hard to bench a team captain. Yeah. Um, you probably won't see that happen at a lot of other positions. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. Yeah, and and against Georgia, I was watching on TV, and I r- vaguely remember, and by vaguely I mean I very much remember, a certain sound coming from the stadium whenever they announced Peyton Thorne as the starting quarterback. And I believe it was boos. A lot of booing coming. What are the odds if Peyton Thorne gets announced as a starting quarterback versus Ole Miss that the fan base, all 87,000, I don't want to say all 87,000, let's say a good chunk, uh, let's say like 80, 83,000. I'll give, I'll, give, uh, I'll give Ole Miss fans benefit of the doubt. They'll travel pretty well. You have 4,000 fans. What are the odds that we're going to hear a, booze across Jordanair Stadium. I feel like it'll be like a couple thousand from the student section. Um but just kind of my stance on it, like as a fan, even though like I'm not like when I'm at the games, with the exception of last weekend, I'm not a fan. Like I'm there to, you know, report on the game. But 
I, I'm not going to boo my own team um, just as a matter of principle. You know, like that's my team. Um, doesn't mean I can't criticize. Doesn't mean I won't criticize. Yeah. Um, but like, I'm not going to boo somebody who is on my team. But I, I think there would there might be some audible booing. Yeah, because I know I, I've never booed Auburn, but I've done a couple of "Come on, man!" or some yeah. of the "What are we doing?" that kind of stuff. Like I, I think that if Auburn wants the best chance to get the upset over. Ole Miss in a game that I think, and I understand year one, and I might be booging a little bit. I'm going to leave the glasses over there because they're retired until basketball season or until Hugh Freeze proves me wrong. I think this is a must-win game, strictly because of the storylines all coming together at the right moment. You just had an absolute god-awful performance. I don't care year one. I understand what I said earlier about you can't win a lot year one or harm your team. But you can't have games like that. At least if I, whenever I look at like the AM loss, Auburn wasn't completely out of that game defensively. Uh, but the offense kind of made that game seem like it was more of a blowout than it was. And then you have the Georgia game where it was very competitive till the last couple minutes of the game. Uh, uh, well, down to the wire, actually. I'm just going to go into say the entire game. That game was competitive. And then you had a game against the worst defense in the SEC. And then you go around and play like that. Like that's gonna mm-hmm. that's gonna hurt the morale, even if it's a year one coach. I mean, you're not gonna hear me say it because I don't believe this whatsoever. You have people who are out there saying that Auburn should fire Hugh Freeze after year one because of that LSU loss, and that that that's like what's the opposite of what's the negative of booging? Is it like an opposite of that? I have no clue. Let's say overreacting. I guess that works about a loss. I mean, all, this Auburn team clearly not going to finish in the top three in the SEC West. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe even top four. I mean, we're looking at a season where we might find a way to mess around and get seven wins if we get if we can get the wins that we need. I think that this game outside of the Iron Bowl is the most important game on the schedule. I agree. And and for recruiting purposes, probably the most important game again outside the Iron Bowl for recruiting because I've heard there's going to be a lot of players at this game. Mm-hmm. And it helps the night game too. I agree. Because night games of Jordan Hare tend to get a little little wacky. But with this game, Auburn is currently a six and a half point dog, I believe. The last time I checked, that was true. And let me just check that to make sure. Yeah, six and a half point dog to Ole Miss and they're in Jordan Hare Stadium at six o'clock. Who needs to ball out the most in your eyes for Auburn to get this upset over a top 15 team? Um, on the offense, I'm going to go with really the whole receiver core, particularly Revolt at Fairweather. Um, Fairweather is expected to be one of Auburn's top targets every week, and I really think he needs to step up, get open, make some plays. And on the defensive side, I'm going to go to Marcus Harris. Um Rush defense is going to be absolutely essential this week. This is the best running back you've faced all season so far and probably will be the best running back you've faced all year. Um, So that run defense has got to be the best it's been. And I really feel like that starts with one of the best defensive linemen in the country in Marcus Harris. I completely agree. And to your point about Ravado Fairweather, I mean, Auburn had their worst offensive showcase thus far this season. 
And Rivaldo Fairweather only got one catch. And as that should never be the case for any Auburn offense this season. There should never be a time where Rivaldo Fairweather does not potentially just lead Auburn in receiving yards and lead Auburn in rece- like receptions in general. And I love Brendan Frazier had a come out party, three catches of 52 yards. I mean, th- there was a tight end that got up there. Uh, and I completely mm-hmm. agree with this, the whole wide receiver core. I mean, we, we, uh, every week it's the same old, same old. We preach and preach and preach about how talented the wide receiver room is. And then they just don't show up. I mean, uh, Shane hooks didn't get register a single catch against LSU. He got a, he got a target and it was a pass interference, uh, bait, but, didn't get a single catch. Jay Fair only had 36 yards on three catches. I mean, you need to prove this wide receiver core is is worth it. And the only way to do that is to have the right guy at quarterback. Like my I have chosen Robbie Ashford as my player who needs the ball out. And I just remember I forgot to change the little little sidebar over there. There we go. Uh Robbie Ashford needs to come in and prove not only me right, but prove the fact that he is going to be the guy going the rest of the season. He is the guy who can move this offense like Phil Montgomery and Hugh Freeze said they want to move it. And I, I've done some research on Ole Miss's defense. They are good at stopping the run, not so good at stopping the pass. But if you watch the last week's game, that doesn't matter with Peyton Thorne. He underperformed against the worst passing defense in the SEC, and now he's going to be playing against the 10th. That's fifth worst passing defense in the SEC. And I just think that's going to start with starting Robbie Ashford. That's how that's going to be the X factor. They're, they're, they only, they're only allowed 126 yards on the ground per, uh, per game. That's eighth in the SEC. If you can run the ball, you can pass the ball in this game. And I think you can only do both those things if you have Robbie Ashford quarterback. And on defense, I'm going to go with the guy who needs to step up from his last game performance. I think Larry Nixon the third. Had a very poor showing uh, show out versus LSU, and yes, you're playing against a possibly a historically great offense with a potentially historically bad defense. Uh, it might be the the biggest, like the most mismatched team in college football history is this LSU team. Like a god awful yeah. defense, awesome offense, and Larry Nixon did not have a great game. He had four tackles, which I think was like fourth or fifth on the team or something along those lines. But overall, I just did not really see him do anything that proved that he needs to be the starter right now. And he, Nixon is at a stretch of three games where he did very, very well. And we still don't know when we're going to see Austin Keys. I, I believe we're thinking either next week or, or a week or two, I believe. I think he finally got out of the cast this past week. So now it, it, Mississippi State maybe. Like a hard, hard maybe, and then I think Arkansas is going to be like a leaning toward the yes side. I believe. Would I be right in thinking that? Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, and Larry Nixon, I, he's a guy who's, and I mean Vanderbilt, not Arkansas. We play Vanderbilt first. I get those two games get mixed up to me, but Larry Nixon, but he had a very poor showing out in the pass coverage game. There were a couple of plays where he just looked silly. And he just didn't make plays we needed to. And he didn't stop the run very well like he's supposed to. He's a run-stuffing linebacker who got thrown in the coverage plays. That's just not what you want to do scheme-wise. And I just think he's going to have to really come out this game and prove once again that he is a starter and he deserves to be a starter on this team and deserves to have a good role on this team whenever 
Auburn finally gets healthy at linebacker, and that just means getting Austin Keys back. That way you have a nice little interchangeable linebacker core that's uh, worth the crap in the SEC. Mm-hmm. And just to get some news out of the way, uh, Jalen Simpson has been named a midseason AP All-American for his outstanding start to the season. Uh, he is currently, I believe, is he still first in interceptions? I believe so. I could probably find that. Uh, but yeah, Jalen Simpson has been absolutely popping off this season. Uh, he is currently going up draft boards, as is what I've been reading. And the Senior Bowl has been like lights out about him. Uh, and they have just been elated by how uh, he has been performing thus far. And I think he is tied for tied for fourth, but he has the second most interceptions in the country. And that's because you have three guys with five and then you have three guys with four. So yeah, he is currently tied for fourth in the country in interceptions. And that is good for second in the SEC. And Jalen Simpson just absolutely showing out. And I just want to say, of all my takes that I've had for the Auburn football season, Jalen Simpson having a season like this, I called that all along. So getting my flowers a little bit. <laughs> but, yeah, Jalen Simpson, shout out to him. Hopefully this continues and he gets a, gets a nice little All-American uh, after the season as well and hopefully gets some more flowers for being an absolutely awesome defensive back. Uh, but with the offenses coming up and hopefully he gets back to full health against Ole Miss or at least gets back to full health this week uh, for Ole Miss and throughout the rest of the season. So potentially we can see him uh, win some kind of national award, but that might be a stretch for me to say that right now. And speaking of potential stretches, uh, Auburn is in the race for a five-star defensive lineman for the class of 2024 L.J. McRae, we talked about him a few times on the show before. He is currently announced his, he's going to announce his commitment on Saturday. I don't believe he has a time selected yet. It just kind of says the 24-7 that he's announcing at – all right, so he's going to be announcing at 4 o'clock on Saturday. So two hours before the Auburn game, uh, L.J. McRae, six foot six, 260 pounds, uh, currently a five-star player, number two defensive lineman in the country, number three player in the state of Florida, and overall – the number six player in the country and Elger McRae, just an absolute dog of a player. I mean, he is just lighting up uh, recruiting boards off the rip. He's a big athlete, athletic defensive lineman who is going to hopefully fight his way in the plane, but I don't, I, I I'm not too sure of that quite yet. Yeah. I mean, Auburn, Florida, Florida state, Georgia, Miami, um, he's from Daytona Beach, so I feel like that automatically gives Florida, Florida State, and Miami a leg up. Um, as long as he doesn't pick Georgia over Auburn, uh, I'm fine. I mean, this is one that the fact that Auburn is in the running for a guy like this, um, at this point, he's the it, it, the way the two four sevens rankings currently stand. Uh, this is the second top 10 recruit in this class. Auburn's been really close to landing if they don't get him. Um, or if they do end up landing him, like that's a top 10 recruit. That's, I feel like 
that point, the recruiting efforts are even further ahead of where we thought they were. Um, Because the trenches desperately need some work. And I have a feeling that um, that LJ would be a guy. He's a day one starter. Um, Definitely, if he comes to Auburn, and probably at most of these places on here, except for I wouldn't be shocked if he's not a day one starter at Georgia. But the other schools, I think he would be. Um, and, you know, I feel like that's attractive for a lot of guys. So, and additionally, uh, McCray was at the Georgia game. So that was a great recruiting weekend for Auburn. So I would, if I had to, like, put a level of confidence, like a crystal ball-esque level of confidence on this, it'd be a, like a four um, for if he was going to come to Auburn. So basically, I, th- I think there's like a, a 30 to 40% chance. Um, I feel like there's uh, – it's going to be one of those Florida schools, I, I feel like. Yeah. Um, but I don't think he's going to go to Georgia. So I think he, basically to sum it up, he I think he's either going to come to Auburn or he's going to stay home. Yeah, and him not going to Georgia is a bit of a, a moral victory in and of itself because – Sure. I mean, that that this Georgia recruiting class right now is absolutely ridiculous, uh, if I do say so myself. It is currently the number one class in the country, and it is still picking up five stars of the five stars of the five stars. I know Florida State fans are pretty confident in this. I've heard some Miami fans are pretty confident. So, uh, I mean, our confidence level could just be the fact that we're also covering Auburn. So, I mean, I can say I feel, ten, I feel confident level of 10. I'm not going to say that. Uh, I would probably go like where you said, uh, probably a two or a three on my confidence level. Uh, I've heard good things. Auburn's right up there in the mix with these these schools who are all recruiting powerhouses. And that just shows, again, what Hugh Freeze is doing for the recruiting uh, for Auburn, uh, something that a uh, walking potato was not able to accomplish at Auburn and something Gus Malzahn was not able to do in his last few years on the Plains. But, I mean, just the fact that Auburn is within grasp of a top 10 player – for the, like you said, the second time uh, in this in this uh, recruiting cycle is absolutely ridiculous, and I I would absolutely love it if if Elgin McCray found his way in uh, the Navy and burnt orange going into next year. But speaking of a potential pickup uh, for the class of twenty twenty four, talk about a decommitment of the class of twenty twenty four. Jaden Lewis becomes the second defensive back decommitment. Of the 2024 class, a couple days after Jalewis Solomon announced his decommitment and then he committed almost immediately to South Carolina. Jaden Lewis, the at- athletic corner slash wide receiver from, I forgot where he's from as I'm saying that. Aniston. I get Jamaria, Fat Burnett went to Andalusia and Jaden Lewis went to Aniston. And I get those two confused all the time because that first syllable. But Jaden Lewis, the athletic wide receiver, Slash cornerback combo has been killing it all year. Uh, and I believe Coach Crime Dog and uh, Zach Etheridge were both very adamant on trying to get him in whenever he was first in the recruiting uh, phase, recruitment phase of his before he committed to Auburn, uh, trying to get him to play a little bit of corner uh, mostly. Uh, but he recently announced that he'll be decommitting. He thanks Coach Crime Dog and Auburn and he frees for recruiting him, but now it's back open. Uh, I'm 
not going to hit the panic button on this. I, I think if I were to give it like a like a red light, green light kind of situation, I'd probably give it like a yellow ish. Like yeah. a very, very like close to green. You're gonna lose guys mm. in a class like this. Especially one when your class is so loaded at one position with yeah. a bunch of guys who are really similar. Um when you like it kind of goes back to like what I was saying about like LJ McRae, pretty much wherever he goes, he'll be a day one starter. Um, Jaden Lewis probably was not going to be a day one starter. If he had been a day one starter, something's gone wrong with guys like Kay and Lee and, you know, stuff like that. Guys who we think are going to be really, really good. Um, so my guess is he was like, I'm probably not going to play here till I'm a junior at the earliest. I want to play now. So I'm going to go somewhere I can. Yeah, and I mean, if you just look at the class, Auburn still has Amon Lane and Jalen Crawford on this on this team, and Kensley Faustin still committed. I mean, Auburn still has some very very good defensive backs, and even to like Elder McRae's side, I mean, Auburn still has uh, defensive linemen like like Blockton and T.J. Lindsey from IMG, and I believe uh, well Demetrius Nicholas and I think D.J. Barber plays a little bit of edge obviously as well. I mean, Hugh Freeze has found ways to load up on certain positions in this recruiting cycle. And losing one or, or two is like, okay, for a position that Auburn's very loaded at now and will be loaded at in the future and is currently loaded at in their recruiting cycle. So, again, I'm not going to hit the panic button quite yet. I think it'd be a little silly to. You can be – I don't even say you can. You should be cautiously pessimistic. I, I think that's even going too far. You're gonna. It, it happens to everybody. Even like Alabama and Georgia lose commits. Like mm. it's not something that's that's new to anyone. And just I, I just think everyone's kind of overreacting a little bit. If we start losing like commit, 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 commit like that, then yeah, hit the panic button because something's not going. Something's going very very wrong. But you lose two guys at positions that you're already loaded at will be loaded at and already recruiting to be loaded at in the future. I mean, I, I think you're fine, but Daniel, I will say all these people hating on Hugh freeze and his recruiting cycle and his recruiting class has got me feeling a certain way. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, I would agree. It's got me feeling a little loopy. And Daniel, what if I told you that we have the perfect shirt for that feeling? I would want to buy it. Well, my friend, you should go over to thewarport.com and get your own Feeling Loopy shirt today. Only $25 on the Warport shop. It is the Feeling Loopy t-shirts, F-E-E-L-I-N, Feeling Loopy shirts. And I believe whenever I wear this shirt, I feel the most comfortable that I have ever felt in my life. I sleep in this shirt. I wear this shirt everywhere. This shirt's awesome. And for like $25, you too can have this very, very comfortable shirt it's perfect for game days it's perfect for formal events it's perfect for literally everything you could possibly go to if you want it so go to the warporter.com you can also click the link in the description below to get your war that you can get your college loop branded feeling loopy t-shirt today and when you do get it use hashtag feeling loopy on Twitter or Instagram, but we'll find you and we will shout you out on these shows. Go get your own Feeling Loopy shirt today. Daniel, yesterday was SEC tip-off for men's basketball. 
and you were there in person for that. So uh, just let us know how to go. Uh, it went pretty good. Um, I got there pretty early this or not pretty early this morning. Um, I got there about nine thirty or so because I wanted to hear what Coach Beard had to say uh, at Ole Miss and more so what he had to say about Wes and Alan Flanagan. And then I wanted to catch up with a uh, former Auburn Tiger, Alan Flanagan, and um, pick his brain on a couple things, mainly his transition to Oxford. And um, I asked if there were some things he missed about, you know, Coach Pearl and you know, being on the planes. Uh, sound went pretty good. Got some good stuff there. Um, then I just kind of got some work doc- knocked out until about 3 o'clock when Bruce Pearl took the stage. And did Alan Flanagan say anything particular about what he missed about Auburn? I mean, just uh... – the campus, the Auburn family. That's good. That's a good answer. Especially because you're not going to get that family environment from Ole Miss. Uh, I might say so myself. <laughs> but uh, from what I've been hearing, uh, I, I, there was not a lot that was not already known said. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a lot of a- 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 Aiden Holloway talk since I believe he's going to be the starting uh, point guard this year. Uh, yeah. Strictly because you can't not start Aiden Holloway mm-hmm. in. You're really going to get a lot of Trey Donaldson as well. And Bruce Pearl even came out and said, uh, quarterback play is pretty important in the SEC, and that's the only position we're young at. And they can they can both shoot it well as well as any point guard I've, I, that I've had. The question will be if they can play make as well. And when he says quarterback uh, there, he means point guard because basically that's the quarterback of a basketball team. Uh, but, yeah, Aiden Holloway and Trey Donaldson – uh, probably going to be the best one-two combo uh, of a starter and, and backup. You're going to get like a double quarterback uh, scheme whenever you hit the play the Auburn Tigers. And I mean, you can't even forget the fact that this transfer portal class has been absolutely ridiculous uh, from what we've been hearing, at least from practices. But yeah, was there anything that Bruce Pearl, Jay Will, and Janai Broom said? Um, Jay Will and Janai ready to play, and. This was Bruce Pearl's, I think, fourth total time addressing the media so far. Uh, this, um, I guess, if we can say season now. Um, so it's just kind of been the same song and dance every time. Um, went and got some guys out of the portal. Uh, he expects them to be pretty good from multiple levels. Brought in D1 portal guys, D2 portal guys, and a Juco portal guy. So um, Bruce Pearl's confident in what he was able to do. And I'm really looking forward to seeing this team take the floor against Baylor on November 7th. As we're recording this, I mean, Auburn's two weeks away from their exhibition game against AUM. Yep. And then after that, six days away from the first game of the season against Baylor, who is only, I believe, three years out of winning their national championship. Mm -hmm. The two or three? 21 to 22 is one year, 22 to 23. Like, two years. Two years. Gotcha. Well, yeah, and it's going to be that. That game is going to be in South Dakota, I believe. And yeah. my yeah, and then Auburn comes back to to the to the Nev to play Southeastern Louisiana on November tenth. So get your tickets to that because you do not want to miss a single game of what's going to be an awesome season. And and it seems that the SEC media. Doesn't really think that highly of this Auburn basketball team. And by that, I mean they were picked to finish sixth. Or they're, they're, they're projected the sixth best team in the SEC. And I think that is absolutely blasphemous. Yeah, 
but the other team in the state was picked five. So you just can't really put a lot of stock in that. Um, I would prefer to be sixth in the preseason poll than finish in sixth place. Yeah, and I, I guess my thing about it being blasphemous is I can understand like the, but I can understand Kentucky and Arkansas being up there. I can understand A and M because they loaded up in Tennessee, of course. It's blasphemous that Auburn's just below Alabama because I just I I don't know what they're saying about this Alabama team that makes them better. I don't think they did went that hard in the portal to to improve that much from what they were last year. So I, I'm just not that high on Alabama. It's not because I hate them. That could play a factor into it. But I I think overall, I think Auburn is better than Alabama this year in basketball. I'm not ready to say that just yet. Like, yeah, Alabama did have a lot of turnover. And to an extent with these portal guys, you're always taking a chance. Um, So you really just got to get the ball in the hardwood um, and get some conference games going to really see what you got, in my opinion. Yeah, and I will say it does help my case for Auburn, the fact that Auburn has a specific player who is one of college basketball's best uh, power forwards slash centers and the best at his position. And that is Janai Broom, who was picked, who was put on the all SEC first team for this year. Janai Broom is uh, on pace right now to have uh, a very, very great season and hopefully going to be in the NBA after this year. But if he wanted to stay another year, I wouldn't say no. Uh, just because uh, Janai Broom is really, really good at, at the basketball. Uh, but yeah, uh, Janai Broom is SEC first teamer for the preseason and more than likely going to be one for the postseason as well, along with some other Tigers as well. But Daniel, with the season so close that you can, you can almost taste it. Which player are you most excited to watch this season? Uh, I've got to go Denver Jones. Um, when As soon as he announced he was transferring and that Auburn offered him and that he had scheduled a visit to Auburn, I was super high on this guy, super high on his uh, film, uh, a native of the state of Alabama up in the Huntsville area. Um, I like this guy a lot. A uh, real good guy, has a great head on his shoulders, and is just immensely talented. Um, he can shoot. He can get to the rim. He can rebound. There's just really 6'2", athletic as they come. Um, he is going to be a problem for teams this year, and I'm just super excited to watch him cook. Yeah, I completely agree. And uh, you always love supporting the Auburn feeder schools. Auburn picked up uh, Denver, uh, Denver Jones from FIU and then picked uh, Provado Fairweather as well. So feeder school is going strong. And don't forget, North Texas over there also gave us two guys as well uh, from the same sport. But, yeah, if I had to pick a player, I'm going to go with the guy who who has the most off-season hype than any other player on this team outside of probably Janai Broom. Uh, I'm going to go with Chaney Johnson. Uh, From what I've been hearing, this guy can jump through the roof. And I believe every single person who was at SEC tip-off yesterday said that exact same thing, uh, just confirming that this man can jump. And I am excited to see that. Uh, he can also shoot the rock as well. Shaney Johnson is going to be an electric player who Bruce Pearl even came out and said he could, he might be the top player in his position 
uh, in the SEC either this year or next year. And I think there's a good chance we might see that this year. because I, I just think Chaney Johnson is going to be absolutely electric to watch in Neville Arena. And a couple other guys that I would say as well probably deserve to be an honorable mention. Uh, Aiden Holloway, I think, deserves a little bit of uh, hype towards his way. Uh, Janai Brew even came out and said, uh, and, and I quote, Aiden, he's electric, he's special. When he crosses half court, you better have your toes on the logo. I mean, these newcomers, this, this I'm going to say this knowing that it could be a hot take, but this incoming class for this season could end up being one of Auburn's like best overall recruiting cycles in basketball. Because I think that Auburn, that Bruce Pearl just found a way to not only reload at every position, but get better at every position. And that's why I'm so high on our basketball team. I mean, uh, you got... Denver Jones, Cheney Johnson, uh, and as I'm saying, I'm blanking. Chad Baker, Mazzara, and of course Aiden Holloway as well. Just kind of really hype, hyping him up, and just this season, just I can't not bug a little bit for Auburn basketball, strictly because that's what happens whenever Auburn football breaks my heart. I'm like, all right, well, I can't be delusional to football anymore. Time to move on to a different sport. So basketball. Yeah. Time to get delusional for Auburn basketball. And that's where I stand on the matter. Uh, and this week, if you were in the Auburn area uh, for this weekend, I would highly suggest heading over to watch some of Auburn's other awesome athletic events that they have going on this weekend, all in Auburn. Soccer is going to take on LSU on Sunday at 4 o'clock p.m. Then you have volleyball is going to take on Missouri on Friday at 6 o'clock p.m. And South, they'll also be taking on South Carolina on Sunday at 1 p.m. And then lastly, Equestrian will be competing against number six, Georgia. On, oh, I did not write the time for that. That's embarrassing. Give me one uno momento for favor. Where is it? They'll be playing on Friday at 3 o'clock p.m. So if you're going to be, if you're tailgating the Auburn area and you look for something to do in Auburn, you got four vents right there alongside Auburn football. So hopefully Auburn can go 5-0 during the week, during the weekend. That's a, it's a, it's a big, big hopeful. Uh, but if you want the most likely win out of those, uh, Auburn Equestrian, but second most is definitely going to be Auburn volleyball back to back. And I think that was going to be more on the high end. Uh, Auburn soccer, I would love it. I would love it. They could be uh, win their game against uh, against LSU. But the offense just has not been there for the soccer team. Defense was really good against AM, but can it translate over to LSU? So, with all that being said, though, Daniel, let everybody look and love you, find you, support you, read your work, all that jazz. You can find me over on Twitter or X at dang, Daniel J. Locke. One day you'll get a first try. Do I? That one day you're going to get a first try. Yeah. I had a little streak going, but it's okay. Um, You can find my written work over at 1819 News, the Auburn Daily, or Braves today. Got a lot of cool stories coming out this week. All of Ole Miss coverage all day on Saturday. So whatever you need, Auburn sports-related, I got you covered. Yeah, and of course, I'm Dylan Lark at your boy the tank on Twitter slash X. 
just right there at your boy tank at y a b o i the tank and of course you have on instagram at dylan lark at d y l a n l a r c k and on choice days you can listen to my play to play uh for stanhope elmore on their shs media page whenever they have home games so check it out there show some love to me in the comments just because i'm doing some hard work over there starting up a student led journal uh, student led uh news organization for stanhope and of course if you want to follow us on here on the college loop you have us through the everywhere twitter tiktok facebook instagram the works all at the college loop and of course you have us again right here on youtube where you should like comment subscribe go ahead leave your predictions for the auburn Ole Miss game if you get it close we'll put your put your name upon the show and congratulate you for knowing more ball than us uh and just give any hot takes so you want to start a quarterback everything like that and of course you're tired of seeing our face please understand uh tar's not here so you have a you have a little bit of a little bit of an easy breeze this video but of course if you want to listen to the show you have some spotify apple podcast google podcast and of course amazon music and just to go go listen to the show make sure to like comment subscribe here and go rate the show five stars there or where whatever it is on the other other platforms but of course everything and all of that being said this has been the college loop podcast <laughs> <laughs>